Oh, wait. Oh, my God. Wait, I was getting down to start it. I shouldn't have done that. Wait, you ready? Okay. Three, two, one. Hello. Hello. My name is Matt. My name is Abigail. And this, and this is, is the Polyglot, Polyglot Progress, Progress Podcast. Podcast. It's always very difficult to do. I always have to, like, not, like, try and, like, completely separate myself from you. We talk about this every podcast, how difficult it is to say that. People are going to get sick of it. Yeah. Is it the Polyglot Progress Podcast if we don't talk about how hard it is to be the Polyglot Progress Podcast? Oh, my goodness. You broke our code. (laughs) First rule of Polyglot Progress Podcast. Don't speak about the Polyglot Progress Podcast difficulties of saying Polyglot Progress Podcast. Actually, the rule is the opposite. Speak about it as much as you can. Speak remind about it as much remind as everyone. <laughs> that we need um, better internet connection. Also true. Um, so right. today, uh, to continue on the things that happen on the Polyglot Progress podcast, uh, shall we talk about what we're up to in our language learning? Yes, we shall. Would you like to begin? I feel like I begin every time. I will begin then. How is it going, everybody? It's your boy, Matt, here. I have been doing a lot of Norwegian lately, going back through colloquial Norwegian still, as I was last time, I believe. Uh, I am still starting to chip away at Hungarian. I have been finishing up school, and I am finally out of school now, so I will be able to dive in to Hungarian and Norwegian. And I can... Thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I love my fans. Um, <laughs> and I'm very happy to be out of school and to be able to actually immerse myself in some nice literature of languages for example i want to finally finish the little prince because i started it and i was like a good chunk of the way in and i started like this year um like last month i think it was a little longer than last month i feel like it was like are you telling the story right now okay wow (laughs) no i'm kidding yeah what you guys missed who was right before we started film recording the podcast i was making fun of my wi-fi the fact that i have the the iPhone that only connects the the like this plug-in for headphones. Like, he, like he's yelling like, at me about that. I need that. to plug in my phone to charge it before we speak. And and then I'm like, but why can't you plug in your headphones at the same time? And then she's like, this malice has carried over. At me. Matt's what he's out of high school and now he's wild with power. <laughs> he, he's like I am a true free adult. Oh my god, no. <laughs> No, my, the only power I have is the power to let myself learn languages 24-7, and I'm going to take advantage of that. 24-7. I, well, 24-5. That's, I'll give myself. My Sabbath is <laughs> the weekend. <laughs> um, so I guess... But, uh, yeah, what about you? What I've been up to... Um, we, you we are a certified got... italki teacher now. I am. That's we a both new are. thing. How cool is that? I'm now in Itaki. I'm currently only teaching English. Um, I I do tutor French, like in my town, but I I kind of want to keep that as a local thing for now. Um, so I'm just teaching English on Itaki, um, but I'm really excited about it. I've got two lessons lined up for this weekend: That's one tomorrow so and then oh one the day after that. Because we're a little off schedule right now. We try and record on. Wednesdays, but we had to record the last one on Monday, so now it's Friday, and no, it's a very Friday. weird system. We're very off. Oh my gosh. We'll get back hopefully this coming week. I think we'll this week get we back will. on schedule. Um, now I'm out of school and it's we're free. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. So, I yeah, I'm teaching English. Hopefully that'll go well. Speaking of tutoring French, I nice. I'm sorry. Smooth. <laughs> um, I had I tutored a kid in French the other day, and I really really enjoyed it. Um. And it sounds like he had a good time, too, and learned a lot, so that's good. Um, And then, German-wise, I've been chipping away. I am now in Unit 3 of Enjoy German. I, the other day, as in yesterday, (laughs) I decided to go on Duolingo and try and complete the tree because I've got a sinus infection right now. Um, You can probably hear it in my voice, but... Uh, I was kind I of bedridden yesterday. It was much worse earlier today. You guys are getting a, a fairly okay Abigail at the moment. Um, but <laughs> yesterday I was kind of bedridden, so I decided to try and see how much of the German tree I could complete on Duolingo. So I currently have 56 skills left. Um, nice. I, which is about where I was, like, a year ago because they added in skills, so I had to go back and do, like, phrases too as, like, one of the skills that I had to complete, and literally it was sentences, like, one of them was, like, I am Julia, or, like, hello, my name is Julia, and I'm, like, I, why am I here? Um, 
So I, I got through a ton of skills yesterday. I'm hoping to continue to work through that because I would really just like to finish the tree just so that I can have the satisfaction of knowing I finished. <laughs> Honestly, mm -hmm. I don't use Duolingo that much anymore, but I just want to like know that I completed the tree, which is like... <laughs> you have a lot of opinions about the new update for Duolingo iOS. I that's another update in my is life. That, I is sent that for Matt another day or I sent Matt we can briefly touch on it. I sent Matt okay. literally a like like several scroll through your iPhone kind of rant. That's um, pretty great. I should uh, go back and screenshot that. Because I was doing it like I was doing stuff on my phone and then I was like, This is new and I like sent it to Matt and then it just continued and then as I started to get angrier, it um the, the pictures had more and more words, Twitter. and then it was just words and just me yelling, <laughs> and um, and then then I went to Twitter and was like, guys, what do you guys think? And then I was talking to people on there, so some of you may have caught that, but um, basically, I hate the heart system. <laughs> and, that's not it. That's not all. Uh, that's most of it, though. Mo Ninety-nine percent of my problems with the new Duolingo are the heart system and the fact that it's it feels like a money grab and feels more like they care about money than they do language education. I understand the apps Ooh. need to make money, but this but feels like they, they can do it like, in a better way. Yeah, this uh, I can give them several. I like have thought of other ways that they could do it, but the heart system just feels. I can't Maybe think of any way that it could help. You. I cannot think of a single way that the heart system would help people learn languages. Oh, can you talk about how the heart system? Like you ran out of hearts yesterday. At what time? And when did you get them back? Ah, uh, yes. That's part of why I hate the heart system. One, if you get five things wrong, you run out of hearts, basically, on Duolingo. And, and this is no longer just to tests. Lessons, right? Yeah, this is for lessons. If you get five things wrong in a normal lesson, not testing out, you're, like, out of hearts. And you have to pay to earn them back, or you have to practice skills, which, great, I guess, that you're practicing skills, but that takes a lot more time. And if I'm trying to work on learning something new, I don't totally want to be forced out of that... Like, A, I don't like the fact that it takes me out of something if I get five things wrong. Like, I should be able to struggle through it till I learn it. Um, like, that's what you liked about it beforehand. Yeah, and then, so now, and also, like Matt said, I ran out of hearts yesterday at, like, noon. I got them back oh, at about 4 or 5 p.m. tonight. Today, um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't like it. I'm So then I moved to the desktop version, and I'm only going to use the desktop version from now on because I haven't implemented any of that kind of crazy stuff yet. They haven't destroyed it. Um, and I think maybe this is just their way of keeping the app free, and then instead of having it be a paid app, but I'd rather pay for the app once. And yeah, like have a one-time payment. Yeah, or just something, other things. Um, yeah, but I hate the heart system. <laughs> there mm -hmm. you go. Little mini rant to start off the podcast. Um... Speaking Other than podcast, that, I haven't gotten oh. to much else, but hopefully more Japanese and Spanish soon. Fingers crossed. Nice. But uh, yeah, speaking of the podcast, today is episode 16. Mm hmm. Wow. And we're, yeah, I'm just, I'm checking my internal memory banks. No, but also that's just a lot of podcasts. It is a lot of podcasts. I remember when we first hit 10 and that was like after uh, many months of making it. I remember when we first hit 10. That was six podcasts ago. <laughs> No, I know, but, like, ever since, what was it, 11 was when we started, like, uh, churning out the podcast. Yeah, now we're doing one a week, so you guys get way too much of us. Way too much. That is honestly true. Um, our podcast for today is what language should I learn, and then, like, in parentheses, next, because this can, we're going to try to apply it to both monolinguals wanting to learn new language or bilingual. Um we're mainly going to talk about just our experience, our though. experience of but I also the next I do have kind that we of want to learn. yeah. So on our experience, it's mainly what should we learn next because because we have other languages to base our next decision off of, mm -hmm. or like that will impact the way in which we go about the decision making process. And we've done it a few times, so we hopefully will be able to help a bit. It is a weird process, though, for us. I think we both. Again, like, we take notes beforehand and don't discuss with each other how we're going to go about speaking about the podcast beforehand. So it's very... Which is why it formatted. just ends up being us, like, fighting. <laughs> yeah, it happens a few times. Um, we can cite two examples. <laughs> um, it's very cathartic, though. So it's I think a good thing for us. <laughs> it's cathartic. Matt's, like, waiting for a chance to fight me. I'm like, I'm like put him up. He's like, every Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... I think this one will be a little bit less. I think we've got pretty oh, yeah. similar methods mm -hmm. um, for how we pick a language or care a little bit less. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
You know, so, I, think, I think I'm giving more structured advice than I actually follow. Like, this is what I would ideally do. Mm, I think that'll be where we fight. It's all be like, you don't, you've never done that. <laughs> I get the behind the scenes where I get to see what really happens after uh, all the advice we give. Oh we my. get to see if each other follows it. But oh no. This is also, um, we, I, was, I did a live stream earlier today. Thank you to everyone who came. And I got asked a few things like, I um... I know Matt came while he was in class. I was class. in my film class, and I, I was like, oh my gosh, Abigail's live streaming. I didn't know about this, and I showed up and said hi. Um, <laughs> what do you mean you didn't know about it? I texted you in the morning no, I didn't say see I, was, it. I was live streaming. You told me you were thinking about it. Oh, okay. Um, so, but I got asked why I learned languages and how I picked the next one, and I also got asked a question about if I wanted to learn a certain number of languages by a certain point in time or something along those lines. Oh, that's, that's um, cool. And I that's found that interesting that. because I've thought that's like a cool thing. I know a lot of people do that. Like uh, people in the comments were saying uh, there are some that do it like a number of languages correlating to age. Um, I know mm. a lot of people also are like, I want to learn 50 languages in my lifetime. Um, so just like set numeral goals. So I'm interested to talk about that as well. Um, obviously, the it. one that said why asked why we learn languages and like how we picked the next one um, is kind of this whole podcast essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I touched on both these in the live stream, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And but I'm I'm to interested out... to hear what you think about like learning a certain number of languages. Like, is that a, a goal yeah. you have in any sense? Or do you just? No, because I don't. I don't really see as langu- languages as like trophies that you can collect and put up on a shelf. Like they're they're tools to be used. Um, and yeah, but I, that that sounds a little bit too too more too mechanical than I want it to sound. Um, they're like life processes through which you can see the world. Um, and I really don't think you can go about and collect them in such a mechanical sense of. I'm going to learn X in X amount of years. Um, well, even maybe not that, but do you see yourself wanting like a certain number? I don't think I've ever settled on a certain number. I, I've i always been attracted to that magic number of 20. Um, mm. Somehow I felt I, like I knew you were going to say that. I feel like 20 yeah. is a good number. I like that number too, I think. Because who doesn't want to be Tim Toner? Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I think more from just... A reflective standpoint, I think that languages should not be, I don't want to say objectified, because they're not sentient, but you know what I mean, they're, it, it sometimes feels like when you put a number on them, you take away from the value that each individual one has, mm. and so... I see that. Yeah, you... you but then you when know, you argue that... Um, would you argue that as you learn more, it has the same thing too, like as you, maybe if your goal wasn't necessarily 20, but you just happen to now know 20 languages, you've gotten like, them I on think your that's own, great. do I you think, think that diminishes the value of each of the languages you've learned? No, because I, I think you do it in a much more natural way if you go on your own path and gradually pick up languages, like just going through life. I think mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Um, like, I feel like there's a difference between starting and setting a goal to reach 20 languages and once you reach 20 languages you're done and starting out because you love languages and because you happen to one day speak 13 and the next day speak 15 and then all of a sudden you're speaking 20 languages i think that that has a bit more value to it because it's done through a much more if um, i could counter that though yeah let's say you just enjoy learning languages like your your favorite thing is the process of like learning grammar of course, this is just like so instead your goal you is do like you want. well i know but i just wanted to see do you think your argument changes if if it is a natural thing and it is for your enjoyment like you enjoy the process of learning so like for mm-hmm. you knowing 20 different languages would like the process of That's learning those 20 would make lot. you really happy it would and so that therefore it's worth it i think i just i again i think it's different than like starting out and saying a goal I want to speak X amount of languages by X year because mm. um, while it's a fantastic goal, one, that kind of stresses me out. I don't think I could do something like that. Um, I mean, realistically, I know myself and I could probably like 
get a calendar and mark out when I'm going to study what. And like, it's feasible. It's a feasible thing that people do. Um, they set out number of months in a year to study X and then they move on to Y after this amount of months. Um, me, that's not something I like to do. I know mm-hmm. you, in your journal, plan out, I'm going to study this for like this amount of months, this for that. And I don't know if you've gone through with I actually talked about that in um, the, the live stream as well today. I plan. It wasn't even in my journal, but I planned out, I gave myself like a... a year plan this year and i know you and i we actually talked about this in the beginning of the year in a podcast if in you scroll summer, back it's like summer our, goals no 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 uh 2017 language plans we did a podcast on it both that of us it. made year plans this year actually mm-hmm. um we had a year plan I've together for the my... languages we were going to learn together and then separate ones i haven't followed it at all um no i i kind of knew that was going to happen for me at least i thought you were going to follow it i I, I'm a very structured person, so I thought it would work. The thing is, is at the same time, I wasn't totally sure, but I wanted to give it a shot because it was something I'd never tried before, and I just, like, that's one of those things is with language learning, like, I never know what will be the next thing that I find mm. helpful, so I wanted yeah. to try it just because a lot of polyglots set out, like, year plans for themselves and are, like, or, like, a lot do five-year plans, actually, where they're, like, these are the next really? languages I'll be learning over the next five years. Um, I so I tried that. Like that. I did it in three-month increments and then four-month increments with you, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't. I didn't stick to it at all. It it fell apart very early on, and I don't mind that it did. I honestly like my system of just kind of doing things based on project better. Like, my system is usually after I finish, like, a book or a resource source, I move on as opposed to a time stamp on things and I just find that that Mm -hmm. I I feel much more closure with things like that and I feel much more ready to move to a new project than I think I would if I were like I'm studying this for three months and then moving to something new I understand that I like that um Um, so I yeah I don't I haven't been following that and I definitely don't map things out that way so I also don't think that I could put a number on myself and say I want to do this in this period of time I also just don't have a number that I know that I want to learn I guess um, like, I, that's I just think, not in my do list you think of goals. It's easy to say, I want to learn this language in X amount of time. Do you think that's something that can be done or should be done? I think it, it depends like, on what you're going like, to You, you want to have a better handle speak. on German before we go to Germany. Yes. And I think time goals are fine. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I set myself goals for the summer because I know when I get back to school, I won't have as much time to learn languages. Mm-hmm. I also, I did add one, which was in 90 days, I will need to have a 15-minute conversation. I enjoyed mm-hmm. that because it, it was a project for me. Yeah. Um, but I think beyond that kind of thing, and I also found with Ad One, I didn't feel the closure I did with finishing complete Teach Yourself German and then moving to a new language. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Very for me, I definitely, yeah, I think for me, I don't work well with the time like things for language learning it has to be more so setting myself a project and then moving past it Mm -hmm. i understand that um but if we're gonna so i'd say number i guess for neither of us um it's weird because i feel like i'm just so fluid with my languages i don't know where one ends and the next begins in my life um you know what i mean I wish I was more like that, honestly, because I wish that really? I had a better hold on, like, I'm fine with my projects ending, but I wish I had a better hold on using languages in my life, mm. I suppose. I gotcha. Um, but, so if number is not a goal, I guess let's mm-hmm. talk about other ways we would pick, like, what language we'd learn next, why we would pick up a new one. Well, uh, something I think is to observe where you are in life, like, let's say, oh, I am living in Japan. Perhaps I should learn Japanese. <laughs> um, that was just one of the silly examples I thought of. Um, but like, is there a language when you suddenly around... realize that there's another language being spoken in there all around you, and you're like, <laughs> "Well, I mean, you say it in a joking way, but it's happened for some people where, like, even even me, where I was like, oh, shoot, Spanish is a thing actely spoken a lot around here.' Mm-hmm. Um, and going into other neighborhoods and seeing restaurants and stores in Spanish signs I mean signs in Spanish it's it's a weird thing and seeing that church in like the town over from me that's trilingual Mm -hmm. um 
but like are there languages around you that you couldn't do without like are you living in wales and you're only speaking english and you're not like i probably shouldn't use this example i feel like people will relate to it because i think we have some viewers from wales um but like is or like i could i could say irish gaelic and either one of those languages are you like missing out of an aspect of your community um Hmm. even even if it's a native language in your household um, yeah and your parents speak it and you only know bits of it are you missing out on some cultural um what's the word heritage heritage aspect yeah relating to heritage heritage hereditary (laughs) no hereditary is there no word for that um why isn't there okay that's weird um you know what i mean relating to your heritage um are you missing out on some aspect relating to your heritage like for for us that was not an option that was not a question that we had to ask ourselves i really um Mm -hmm. i don't think we have learned a language due to necessity yet i think i'm starting to but you could argue it's not because it's a trip that i'm voluntarily taking i suppose to germany but i'd say that because of that also though like it's more of a necessity than if i was just traveling because staying with a host family i Mm -hmm. i'm going to need to be able to speak german to them Mm -hmm. and so it's become more of a necessity for me to not let my german be basic because if i'd left it at the basic level it was sure i could order food and do that kind of thing or even i could make you do it for me like (laughs) Like, I could survive in Germany mm-hmm. without learning it, but being in a host family, like, I wouldn't feel comfortable having you translate everything I say mm-hmm. while I'm living with them. So, for me, it's become a necessity, if that makes sense. That's interesting. That's a good way to view it. And see, I've been more lenient with my French right now, which is so bad, and that's why I'm once... School's over now, and I'm going to push with it, um, because we're not staying with the host family. I definitely France. have been more lenient with mine as well. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm a bit disappointed in myself for that. But um, I think we'll be fine nonetheless. It's just like from a pride point of view yeah. and a language learner point of view, I'm like, I should really be ready. Um, you know. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess that was one of mine is uh, if you think about like, like I, I, we've said in the past that we kind of disagree when people are like, what's the useful language to learn? Um, yeah, I, I don't like when people say that at all. What, but, what's the most useful language learned? What's going to make you the But most I money? think it is something. I think there are more useful languages to learn, but I don't think they're mm-hmm. the same for everyone. I yes. think for me, learning French is useful because I'm a film student and French cinema is a big thing. And mm-hmm. both the industry now and also like French New Wave as a genre. So knowing French provides me with films that I can watch without subtitles it means that I can read, like, texts that relate to French New Wave written by French people that maybe haven't been translated into English. It means that I could go to France and work on a film if that ever occurred because I'd be able to speak the language. Um, so for me, it's a useful language to know. Um, for other people, maybe French would never come in handy ever. So I, I wouldn't say that usefulness isn't based so much off of how many people speak it as much as what you want to do with it. I think that the ones that are pushed very often are what's useful in business, and that's great, but not everyone's a businessman. So That's so interesting. And uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. Oh, my God. Oh. It's interesting you were talking about film, because when I was still big into film, I was. it was around the same time I was big into... Oh my god, I nearly just choked on my tongue. Osa, when I was big to Osa culture and language, um, it was around the time I was looking into that and just I was really learning a lot about um, natives to the South African region. Mm-hmm. And I um, had the idea and urge to one day make, um, what did I want to do, a documentary-esque film about the... Uh, journey which most uh, uh, youth need to make when they are going into adulthood because it's very it's a it's a hardship is that is that that thing where they like go into the desert and they paint themselves in white okay yeah i've heard about that it's different for boys and girls i forget what the difference is um but it's like rough 
Yeah, I've heard about it. I didn't know that was related to that specifically, but I've heard about it. But like a a scary thing when learning a language that is not a popular language and is it does belong to a minority is you never know um, how a certain minority is going to react to an outsider Mm. speaking their language. I know this is something with the Basque language. uh, I I think I, I could be wrong. I feel like the Basque language for a while um, frowned upon outsiders learning their language because they felt very protective of it. Um, That's interesting. But there was an author who learned it and, like, uh, was very in touch with the culture and they, like, accepted him into their culture. Um, I forget the name of the author. He wrote a book called mm-hmm. Sasumi. I don't know. Um, Sasumi? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, so that, that's something I've always thought, I've thought about because I'm I'm very interested in endangered languages and minority languages, but I don't know if I'd ever learn one because I'm just uh, I'm a f- I guess I'm a bit more afraid. Like I know I am very I fall back. I use the the comfy cushion of having large amounts of uh, resources and materials yeah. to work with. Uh, if I have one radio show available in the world basically and this one book and one dictionary it's very daunting so is that since we're on the topic of what language you pick does that alter your decision if you're looking at languages do you decide based on like let's say you're really enthralled with a certain language if you then go online and realize there's no resources would you decide not to learn it well at some point if reality is you know outweighing possibility or you know your want to do something mm-hmm. you kind of just got to give in and what at some point unless you're really motivated to learn it and can gather the, gather those resources that might not exist which takes a lot of effort i can only imagine mm-hmm. um like because there are some people you could just get them a native speaker and they can learn the language from them but you can't get a native speaker of every language out there um and not every language is documented. Some languages are documented. Yeah, so I mean, I guess others. okay. The the languages that are like super rare, like knocking those off. But like with, like Kosa, would you ever go back? Would you ever learn mm-hmm. a language roughly the same size? Like, would that? Oh my gosh, of course. Would not having a lot of books make you consider not learning a language? Or no, I think because of my love of languages and just my love of culture and um, history in general, um, a language specifically Kosa, because it's so rich and uh, vibrant and has got so much culture in it. I, I'm enthralled in the histories of Africa and just, it's such a vast continent that is so overlooked here mm-hmm. that I mean, there are freaking so many different languages in every country and in every like region of every country that like, I find it crazy that a continent like that exists. Um, and isn't more well-known about because oh my gosh so because you did say you didn't know if you'd ever learn an endangered language but you'd go back to Kosa. where's the cutoff for you for how many resources you need to want to pick up a language i guess it's like am i comfortable with this do i trust this Mm. being that the Kosa one comes from teach yourself it i'm more inclined to trust it Mm -hmm. with that publisher um but with Say wanting to learn Plattdeutsch, um, mm-hmm. in my preparation for going back to Germany, which I didn't and I wouldn't have needed really, because I was in, I was in a big Plattdeutsch speaking area, but everyone that spoke to me spoke uh, Hochdeutsch, I guess because they knew I was a foreigner. Um, but what was I gonna say? The one book I got there was called Sprach für Plattdeutsch, um, and it looked really good. It was one of the only resources I could find there that would teach me plot, and I could not find anything worth my time on the internet. Um, there were, like, no courses in it, and, like, mm. it's not something that I thought would be considered endangered or difficult to find resources for. Like, it's a, a lower German. It's a spoken language today. Mm-hmm. It's like learning Bayerisch or Schweizerdeutsch or anything like that. Um, like Pennsylvania German, that's different. I don't know where you'd learn that. Um, so you don't think you'd go back to Plattdeutsch then? You think that's a little too... I really want to, and this is just me, but uh, I'd need to find, I think, more trustworthy resources. Um, 
But at the same time, I really want to give one of these other more abstract names a go and like mm-hmm. just kind of run with it and see where I can get myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. What about, do you have any interest in endangered languages? Because like I have Lakota over here on my list of languages I wanted to learn. Because uh, yes, we're gonna share with you. We both have lists of future languages. These are, these are things that we've uh, at least I made this a long time ago after going to the Polylot conference, and so it's based on that time in my life. Oh wait, um, yeah, that was from a while ago when you made that sign. I didn't know you still had that. Yeah, I, ju- I just dug it up. I had one that had sticky notes, and I'd move it around based on where it was on my list and what I was learning, and that's all gone now, but I have a list on my computer that I'll read off of, but, um, endangered languages, I definitely have an interest in. I also, um, I don't have a number I want to learn, but I would like to do either, like, one from each continent or one from each language family, not necessarily every language family, but, like... Mm -hmm a spread of language families i'm definitely big on diversity so that's one thing that i look into i completely agree that's something that i look into personally when i'm learning languages is like where it's from and -hmm. stuff um currently i'm still a little too european for my liking but i'm definitely spreading out i'm very happy with myself and i have started adding many new language families like i because originally it was French and then Esperanto, which is kind of like a romance language, but then I did German and that's still European, but I moved into the Germanics. Then I Mm -hmm. did Bulgarian, which took me out into the Slavic, still European, but I'm now, I'm moving, I'm moving to different families. Um, so that was Slavic, totally new. And now currently I'm learning Spanish, but specifically the Latin American variety to take me back over to like America's, um, to get me out of the European zone. Um, and also because it's what's spoken around me, much like Matt said. Um, and then Japanese, so an Asian language also, now we're in Asia. Um, and I, I definitely in the future, I want to learn an African language, get something from there. Um, and just other families, like I want to branch out into. So like, that's something for me is like diversity in general. Um, just because I'm very interested in like how different all the languages are. That's and just having a wide array of things that don't sound the same. Like, I know a lot of people are like, I like the romance languages, and they learn every romance language. I, some, I but, can't understand people who do that. But I'd much prefer like to learn good. a bunch that are totally different than I would to learn. And maybe I just haven't... The thing is, is I feel like maybe I haven't found the family that's for me yet. Mm-hmm. And I really love French, so I thought it was the romance family. But I think what I'm beginning to learn is... I I don't think I've found a family that I feel, like, th- like this is silly, but, like, I don't think I've found a language family that makes me feel at home yet. And I so I'm still kind of moving from family to family and deciding mm-hmm. what I want. Um, and I, I would like to learn more languages in the Germanic family, so maybe I'll find that Germanics are what I'm into, but mm-hmm. um, I think just currently I haven't found what I like best. Um so for now, I'm just shooting for diversity, and maybe eventually I'll find one where I'm like, Bantus are for me, and I like That's learn so every cool. Bantu language. Um, but that'd be awesome. Uh, so yeah, diversity is definitely a thing, and also I speaking of diversity, I also another thing that helps me pick which language I'm learning next is what's different from whatever I last learned. Mm. Like, I really like to change it up when I learn another language. So, like, I went from German to Bulgarian, and then... To Japanese. Yeah, to, to like, Japanese. And so, I like, I don't think I'd want to learn, like, Spanish and then go from Spanish to Portuguese. Um, it would be more like, oh, I learned Spanish, it's time to learn Mandarin. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly. So I do definitely base off of what I've previously learned, and I know that was a consideration when I was making my, like, year plan that I didn't stick to. Um, like, I, I purposely didn't put, like, Icelandic near German, because that was on there. I didn't put um, Portuguese near Spanish. Arabic was kept far from, like, there's something else that was kind of similar to Arabic that wasn't allowed near it. And like What else were you doing? I don't remember, but it's just, I wanted, like, a lot of diversity. So, yeah, I like to kind of change it up, give myself a little bit of a challenge and not fall into doing something too comforting as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, for me right now, I am taking a big leap, and I am jumping 
I the only time I've been outside of the Indo-European language family was with Japanese for a little bit, and Swahili for a very, mm-hmm. very, very little bit, um, and my short time with Osa. Um, but I'm currently taking a leap outside of the Indo-European language family to its near neighbor, um, the Ugric family, uh, the Finno-Ugric languages, uh, with Hungarian, and it is very scary for me to jump into a language where I see no cognates, but yeah. I'm so excited because that's what I love about language. I love not see, not knowing anything I'm seeing and like all these new sounds and symbols mean different things. Like there's nothing similar here. Well, of course there are loan words because now yeah. they've come in contact, but like this came from a place where German has totally different roots and English is over here and Norwegian's mm-hmm. up there and like French is over here and like it's so cool and like the the grammar is totally different because while all of the Indo-European languages have simplified over time some people think the Hungarian language has gotten more complicated um and Hmm. like added cases and changed grammars in changed grammar in that sense um and now like in the world of linguistics we're kind of seeing this shift where cases are kind of making a comeback kind of um there's an overall trend in linguistics where the Indo-European languages have lost grammatical features over the years, and I think other languages have, have gotten more complicated, um, which I forget the reason for, but I think it's just the natural progression of languages. It's like a cycle. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like this some theory where it becomes a glutinative and then goes to isolative and then becomes, and then like it's a weird thing. Um, but yeah, it's really cool learning Hungarian now. <clears throat> it's scary and it's awesome. So I'm so like just talking about all this right now. I'm like, why can why did I not do another second week of Swahili? Because that language is beautiful, and it's just <laughs> such a freaking cool system. Because ah, oh, it's just beautiful. That might make a comeback because I miss it too much. Um. So I guess also you said that you're finding Hungarian pretty hard. Do you base which not... you're going to learn next based on, um, like, difficulty at all? Like, going for something much harder to challenge well, yourself or picking something much easier at any point? Is that something I'm... you consider? Considering I'm going from Norwegian to Hungarian, one of the easiest grammars that exists to one of the most... Con- one of the... that are considered the most difficult. Mm-hmm. Although... I've heard a lot of people say that that's kind of bogus and that people are just lazy and don't want to learn it. And that's how I kind of feel. Um, Because I've been glossing through the grammar um, and it doesn't look impossible. But I have never learned a Slavic language. I've never learned a... Which, Hungarian's not Slavic, but it's in that area. Um, And other... I was talking to a kid from the Czech Republic today and he he was telling me about um, Czech cases and how, like, English is easy to him. And, like, he spoke English very well. Um, mm-hmm. He was saying how easy English is for him because it's not as complicated as Czech. Um, I can see that. And I'm like, as someone that's oh, studied a Slavic language, I yeah, can see it. Yeah, it was very interesting to me because I was like, see, I understand that, but like, what? And um, yeah, I forgot. The, I'm blanking out. What Do you happened? consider like difficulty when you're picking up a new language? Like, does that ever? Oh. Do you ever? think like like because in not just picking languages in general like i'm not saying like write off every difficult language but when you're picking the next one specifically um do you consider when you're going through your list like difficulty for the next one you're gonna learn this actually uh i can ask you about this because you have more experience about with this than me than i do Mm -hmm. um i get very intimidated i love everything there is to love about languages i love Mm -hmm. writing is something that i think is beautiful and it is a tradition that I will forever cherish. The Mandarin script scares yeah. the living daylights out of me. And I'm censoring, <laughs> I'm censoring you, myself. I remember when you were learning Japanese and you got to kanji, and that's literally why you stopped. You did, I got like, to oh. kanji, and I like wanted to throw up, and I felt really sick. And then I started looking into what kanji was and how to learn it, and there were all these different methods. And I just got, I kind of peed my pants a little bit. Um... Yeah, that only, like, a few days into kanji study, and you stopped studying Japanese. (laughs) And that's a really sad story, and I hope to one day amend that, but it was honestly what turned me off from the language, because 
Three alphabets. I mean, it's a brilliant language, but just three alphabets. Like, guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it's freaking crazy. So, are you just turning my question back on me, or? Yes, I am, because I, I wanted okay. to ask you what you do um, in terms of difficulty, because it seems like recently every language you want to learn, you need to new, do a new script for. <laughs> and so I feel like you've got some secret tip here or some, like, thing that you need to <laughs> Suddenly, I'm just like, what's the hardest thing I can do to myself? No, um, honestly. No, I think part of it's just that I learned, I'd never learned something with a different script, and then I learned Bulgarian, and I was like, scripts aren't scary. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, Americans are so afraid of different writing systems. And that's, But I'm not, I love them, I think they're beautiful, I just get scared. No, I know, I'm not saying that they don't like them, but Americans are so afraid of having to learn another writing system, and that's like the hardest thing in a language like that is the hardest language because it has like a different writing script like how do you read it how do you read it um but i don't know i didn't have as much trouble with it as i thought that i would Mm -hmm. and i think that's why now i'm like japanese um how's your japanese going uh um so I think what I ended up being more afraid going into a Japanese was, um, like, syntax. I'd never learned anything that wasn't SVO. Yeah, and um, Japanese goes all over the place, doesn't it? Yeah, Japanese is, like, a very... Like, granted, other languages I've studied have had mild, like, sentence structure differences. Like, German is time, manner, place, which is not what English is. Um, and then, like, Bulgarian has its weird things, too. Um, but... Yeah, they've got crazy verb inflection, right? Japanese is, like, not anything like <laughs> English grammar. It's also, so, it also kind of easy, though, because verbs aren't conjugated Well, the as thing is, is I haven't found it too much of a struggle, but that's what I was more worried for than writing system going in. I think that what I've discovered writing system-wise is I don't think I have a secret. I just learned that it wasn't as scary as I always thought it would be. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Um, like, I think it's just that writing systems are, like, like I said, like, Americans are so afraid of it that I feel like my whole life I was just hyped up with this, like, languages with other writing systems are so difficult, and those are the hardest languages. And Mandarin is the hardest because of all the characters and stuff. But I don't feel like I've had that much trouble. Mm -hmm. And I think the key to kanji or Chinese characters, obviously, I don't want to say that this is the definite way because I only know like four kanji right now and uh like I haven't put that much study into it yet because it's not where I'm at in my Japanese and I have not studied Mandarin but I think it's just about like coming up with mnemonics and stuff and remembering ways to remember the characters um but and doing like flashcards and stuff and using it um Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's as scary but when it comes to like do I pick based on difficulty or not I think Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe I do during busier times. I'm kind of like, it's time to learn an easier language currently because I don't have the time to dedicate to like, I know we had to stop Arabic because it was too difficult. I was just going to mention that. I was and like, I don't, what do you have to say about Arabic? I don't like quitting a language because it's too hard and I definitely want to come back to Arabic in the future. This wasn't me being like, Arabic's too hard for me, not you for me. You and me, me. both, um, dude. It's just that while I'm in the middle of a semester <laughs> and I'm taking difficult. 22 credits of work, I cannot learn Arabic um, from scratch. You. So, like, it it just wasn't the time. <laughs> so, um, And listen, it but was then, difficult. That was yeah, difficult it was script. difficult. And, and you so, did Hebrew? Yeah, I'm balanced. I just feel like if I'm balancing a lot of other things, a hard language is not the thing for me to be learning however that means that then when it's things like now like it's summer i'm like it's time to pick up japanese because i've got mm-hmm. time to learn three writing systems um True. and i also i feel like sometimes like i i definitely went into bulgarian wanting a bit of a challenge because i i was still feeling challenged a little bit by german at the time because i felt challenged by german when i started and now it's gotten very easy um <laughs> yeah but I, I think definitely I wanted to challenge myself with something that wasn't close to English. Um, obviously, English and German share a lot of words, so does English and French. So, like, having something that was very new was mm-hmm. good. And, like, Esperanto shares things with both. So, like, it was, like, something that was very new to me, and I liked that. So I think definitely that'll be something for me to consider 
again in the future, just like, again with the diversity, but also wanting a challenge. Like if I feel mm-hmm. like I, I've kind of figured out how to learn certain languages, I'll definitely go for something that's considered a little bit more difficult and try and test myself a bit. That's really cool. Yeah, I think that was my my thinking going into Hungarian right now. I wanted a challenge. Mm-hmm. I wanted something to struggle over and then master and then say, I did it and why can't you? Because if it, it's, it helps with your other languages too. Someone asked me today in the live stream as well if Japanese was the hardest thing that I've studied. And mm-hmm. I was able to be like, not at all. Um, really? Because Bulgarian is the hardest thing that I've ever studied. Yeah, and I still don't understand that language. <laughs> there is so much, like, even with the fact that, even if I hadn't forgotten so much of it and need to relearn it, I could never grasp the language <laughs> when I was learning it. Like, I could ke- pick up on things, but there's just so much more to learn. You think you've come over a little hill, and you're still, like, barely A1. Like, Oh my gosh, that's it's, terrifying. There is so much <laughs> to that Ooh. language, and so little resources. <laughs> Yeah, that's, so, that's what I was talking about with... Bulgaria's not even endangered, as far as I know. Uh, I think it's just that it's one of those things where, like, German is spoken in, like, lots of countries, not just Germany. Bulgaria is, like, the only place you'll find mm-hmm. Bulgarian, so... And I, as far as I know, not a whole lot of people are like, I'm gonna set out to learn Bulgarian, so it's not really a hot market item. <laughs> yeah, sadly. But, but I enjoy it, but it... It definitely was a challenge, but I, I enjoy it in the sense that now everything feels easier than that. that. That's really cool. And I think that's what I'm looking forward to with Hungarian again. Yeah, um, I think, though, in the future, I'll definitely want challenge again. Like, I don't think it's always going to be good that everything feels easier. I think mm-hmm. at some point that I'm going to need to pick up Hungarian or something crazy just to challenge myself a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where I think I'm going to just totally branch out of Europe and go to Africa or go to South America and mm-hmm. learn one of those indigenous languages that are, look so delicious. Oh my. <laughs> I'm just really hungry for something I've never tried before. Alright, so I guess other things. <laughs> um, basically, I made a list of like both the things that I choose and then also like other things. So just to run down my list of what how I think other people can choose I have their languages. List as well. For other people, I'd say look into usefulness. Mm. Mm-hmm. And what that means for you. Um, yes, so identify things like your goals and what you would use this language for. So things like your interests, your job, um, your family, um, like who both in does a family member in your house speak language, but also in heritage. It can be kind of cool if you've got like ancestors from a place, um, even if you've never been there to kind of be like, I have this blood in me. I'm going to learn Literally, the language. Why am I learning Hungarian, dude? Um, language family. Like I said, I like diversity, but also maybe you found that you speak Spanish and French and you really love romance languages. Mm-hmm. Maybe look into another one there. Um, difficulty, if that's something that matters to you. I also know a lot of people, when they're picking their first language, kind of want something a little bit easier so mm-hmm. figuring out what's going to be easier for freak, you you want something really difficult and challenging mm-hmm. like me. and then just kind of i one of the things that i do when i'm trying to decide my next language specifically and not just adding things onto my list of languages i want to learn um mm-hmm. is listening to it i find that I, really I was, helpful i was gonna say that listen to it like the sound um and also just like aspects of the like characteristics of the language is another thing i'd say um, helps me pick, like, if you look at the writing system, like, maybe there's one where you think the writing's very beautiful, um, listening to it, hearing how it sounds, and being like, I could speak like that. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that's really cool to imagine, and then see it come to life. Yeah, and again, if you're, like, a big fan of grammar, or if you hate grammar, like, picking based on that kind of thing, like, just characteristics are a good thing to look into when picking, um, a language, like, something that interests you a lot. Mm-hmm. I have here that, um, yes, definitely listening to the language and that I recommend that you listen to multiple channels of the language. And when I say channels, I mean listen to it through different mediums. Media. Mm. Mediums. My goodness. Um, So listen to music because that is going to be a form of entertainment for you. Listen to people just having a conversation. Listen to podcasts. Listen to YouTubers, beauty vloggers, uh, people on the news. Uh, I don't go that far. No, I know. I'm saying, like, if, well, like, let's say you're a monolingual learning the first language ever, um, and you 
don't want to hate it. <laughs> yeah, I just, when I'm picking my next language, I, because usually I've got like a few that I'm kind of torn between because I do, we will read our running lists in a minute. Mm. Um, but I have my list of languages that I want to learn. So then it's typically between like, I'll be like, I want to learn either Arabic or Japanese next because that's what's really pulling me at the moment. And then, so I'll go to those and I'll maybe Google like, Arabic language or something and I'll listen to people speaking it and it's usually just whatever comes up first I'll either look on wiki tongues or then I'll like just find a vlogger that speaks the language and then I'll do the same for Japanese and be like which one am I feeling like I want to be able to sound like that person next um that's the other big thing is I honestly go based on intuition um that's part of why my plan did not work for the year is I do have a list of languages I want to learn but things are always being added to that and also even though I usually have one that I'm like, I want to learn this next. It is my intuition. It's just like, I really want to learn this language that I've wanted to for a while. And then other things come in its place. Japanese and Arabic have been the top two for the past, like, two, three years. Bulgarian somehow made its way in above them. And now Arabic was supposed to come before Japanese, but then I stopped and just it so happened that now when I got out of school, I was feeling more of a pull towards learning Japanese than I was Arabic. So that's Mm -hmm. why it's what's happening. So it really is just based on what I'm feeling at the moment. Um, with Matt and I picking languages too, we could have gone back to Arabic, but we were just kind of feeling more of a pull towards doing Spanish at the moment. So yeah. it's like we literally sat down and list out the languages we might want to do together and like listen to them and thought about them and came down to Spanish because that was what we were feeling most of the time. Yeah. And then I had another thing, but I think we've talked about it enough in the podcast, which was read the language, um, and you can't read it, but um, if you haven't learned it yet, what I mean is, like, go on a newspaper or, like, just look in a book and see, like, could you, can you imagine yourself reading this? And it's likely that you're going to say, no, that sounds crazy, but, because honestly, looking at the script and, like, is this a script that, like, your eyes just, like, aren't agreeing with for some reason? Like, is it just too, like confusing to you right now but of of course you should take that with a grain of salt because you haven't learned it yet it should be um but like just uh, like yeah i think i don't i don't go with that um because i think this is all the advice that i should take but i do it all on intuition basically where i'm like what do i want to learn now no i definitely do it based mostly on intuition but i think part of it is my intuition also includes all these other things because also my intuition usually leads me to like three or four languages Mm -hmm. and then picking between those Picking between those, I kind of consider, like, how much time do I have? So should I learn an easier thing? Mm. Like, where am I going to be in the next few months? Like, I probably wouldn't do be learning German right now. Do you have the time? Right Can you fit this language in to your schedule? Will this but language also, be a massive is, undertaking? And then it is based on usefulness. Like, I probably wouldn't be learning German at the moment. I'd probably be focusing on Japanese and maybe doing, like, something else as well. But because I'm going to Germany, <laughs> it's plopped itself up on the mm. list, so... Yeah, I would probably not be studying French right now. I'd be either studying Hungarian or um, anything else because I'm going to France. Yeah, so I, I think intuition takes me to a certain point, but then also other things are considered Yeah, intuition well. can only get you so far, honestly, before you need to look up the language and hear what it sounds like and then decide mm-hmm. whether or not you want to pursue it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess... Um, oh, also I'd say if there's something that interests you in certain languages... Um, like if you're into like Korean dramas or something, if you're into like a certain aspect of the the culture culture. or like art from a certain place, then I'd say that can definitely influence your decision as well based on like what you're into at the moment. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I think it's time to read our wonderful lists out. You can begin because mine is outdated and I cannot find a newer version of it. So I will like just add on to mine based on what you say. I found mine. Um most recently updated april 26th of this year apparently Dang. um because i separated it into ones that i'd studied prior <laughs> and then ones that i haven't gotten to yet oh so gosh. of the ones that i've prior stu- which is actually a little weird because i'm like almost halfway through this list in that case because i didn't even Whoa, move really? spanish down so i'm actually about halfway through my list which is weird because i don't have any others that are specifically calling me yet so it's like what happens after i finish these oh my gosh. um however like i said i do want to branch out into other families and i don't have a bantu on here yet because i just haven't picked one um mm. so 
I guess knowing that that will also be involved and I also always hear new languages that I'm like, I want to learn it. So hopefully others will join this list. But for now, we've got Arabic, American Sign Language, Brazilian, Portuguese, Haitian Creole, Hindi, Icelandic, Korean, Spanish, which technically should be on the now studying list, uh, Urdu, and Polish. And then on my list of ones that I've studied, we got Bulgarian, Esperanto, French, German, Japanese, and then Spanish should be down there. So nice. That's like Are the whole list. So it's actually very small. I'd any add a Bantu. Not sure which one. Um, oh, I'd add a a Scandinavian language, probably Swedish. Nice. Yeah, you. I'm surprised that's not actually on place. here. <laughs> I don't know why that's actually not on here. Um, <laughs> oh, and also Mandarin. Oh yeah. So yeah, I guess there are some additions, and honestly, like I said, I don't doubt that in the future I'll be like, hey, wait, I heard this thing, it sounds cool, I'm gonna go learn it, so. <laughs> honestly, same. Um, so this, I believe, must have been made in November of 2015, because it's 2016, maybe, because it is the languages I am learning, the next languages I will be learning, and the future languages I will be learning, and it has the stickers from italki, from the Polyglot con Conference in... That was 2015, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So, um, this may have been 2015. November. Um, the languages I was learning at that time were Japanese, German, and Esperanto. My next languages were Icelandic, Norwegian Bokmal, <laughs> Hungarian, and French. And so, luckily, I have gotten to three of those four. Good um, job. Go me I applaud you. Thank you very much. Um, and then my future languages, Icelandic, I have not touched very much of, but I, I admire it very much so. My future languages here, <laughs> I was very inspired by the Polyglot Conference because I have Lakota <laughs> on here, Osa, Farsi, Croatian, Turkish, Arabic, Gaelic, Russian, Ukrainian, Swahili, Hindi, Urdu, Dutch, Afrikaans. I feel like I've never heard you mention a good half of those. I could cross out half of these on here and replace them with other ones. So what would you, what are some of the changes you'd make? What are some that you know you want to get to that aren't on there? That I know I want to get to? Mm -hmm. um, freak. Uh, I don't have Finnish on here, but because I'm doing Hungarian, I think that satisfies my Ugric languages. Um, I don't have Mandarin on here. Or any Chinese language, for that matter. Um, mm -hmm. Because Chinese is just the Chinese language family. Don't get me started, mate. I'll fight you. Um, I mean, I have been referring to it as Mandarin this no, whole I time. Know you have. I don't know if you need no, to no, fight no, I me. Know. I get very upset when people refer to Mandarin as Chinese, because I'm like, Chinese is a language family in and of itself. They just, I we just don't personally know would want to learn Mandarin, because I... That's what I started Me in well. school that one time. So, so technically, I, I want to see how much I could recall if I tried to start learning again. Yeah. Even if I feel like I wouldn't recall it, maybe it would help me mildly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not It probably wouldn't, but I just want to try it. I want to learn... Gosh darn it. Where are my books? Uh... Gosh darn it. I don't know what I want to learn. Okay, this is a big problem, Abigail. <laughs> this is true. What languages exist in the world? I want to uh, do a so Slavic I guess a language. new question. What do you think will be the next language you learn? The next language I learn? Mm-hmm. I'm really feeling Farsi. Farsi is so mm. beautiful. I miss it. It's so nice. Matt, I miss it. Matt has never studied I haven't Farsi. done it ever. I just, I've heard it before and it's really beautiful. This is, I think every podcast happy. now we get a quote from Matt that everyone in the comments is just like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also really want to look at, um, I'm going to say the language that doesn't exist. Quechia is South American, yes? Quechia? Yes. I nearly said Quenya, which is Tolkien's, one of Tolkien's languages. Like J.R.R. Tolkien. I am proud of myself for saying the right one. I want to look at that, or Nahuatl, 
Is that is that it, Nahuatl? Because I read a short Something story like that, that had Nahuatl in it, and it was really cool. Nahuatl, Nahuatl, I forget. Um, but yeah, Hindi's on here, so that's good. Um, I don't know what else. What about you? Your next language. Next language. Because um, I really want to learn the Arabic script, so that's why I think I might do Farsi. Because Farsi is actually Indo-European, so it'll be easier. Is it actually? I didn't know that. I look, I found it the other day. I was like, whoa, what? That is cool. Um, yeah. I guess my next language... I mean, technically I'm studying Japanese right now, but I haven't really had you time. So I, I definitely want to like really study that once we get back from Europe. Um, mm-hmm. Also... Spanish, obviously, I want to continue with that. But those I'm kind of technically studying. We just haven't gotten too far in them. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd like to push more with those. But, like, totally after those, I think my next language will be... I don't know. Um, <laughs> if I can go to the Polyglot Conference, then Icelandic, Icelandic will move itself up. That'll be when usefulness takes over, and it'll, like, move itself up, self up the ranks real quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I after that, though... It'll probably be the end of summer, and I'll probably be back at school and need something pretty simple. So I think when I'm back at school, um, my plan is actually I would like to learn either, even though I want Arabic to be one of my next languages, I think, like I said, the end of the summer is going to come before I learn my next language. So I think either Brazilian Portuguese or American Sign Language is going to be my next language. That's really cool. Simply out of the fact that I feel that I could... And Portuguese. That's going to be a tough decision. Yeah, I've wanted to learn both for a long time. And it's a possibility that both will happen because I'm currently registered for significantly less credits than I usually take. Um, So I'm going to have too much time on my hands. Um, (laughs) So I think... um, And my school does have an ASL program, like club thing. Um, It's like an... You don't get credit for it, basically, but you can take ASL classes, basically. Oh, so I think I'm going to, I wanted to do that this whole past year, but wasn't able to fit it in. Um, so I think this year I'm going to start doing that and then possibly learn Portuguese on my own. That's so cool. So it, it, there's a possibility that both will occur. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. Anything else yeah. you think we want to add? Because I've um, gone through all my notes. Yeah, I've, really? I've made it through mine as well. Really, I think all I want to say is that learning a language is a very intuitive process that you really need to tune in and do some like soul searching and figure out what do you want to learn. If it's yeah, I think when people you, when people ask us what language they should learn or if they should a, learn a language that's not an answer that you want, or what to learn, you want to learn next, I I think it that you need to think about things like what's useful for you, what interests you, um, just kind of all those things, and I think. Mm-hmm. Definitely, like Matt said, it's a soul-searching process. Like, you need to know what you want out of the language and mm-hmm. what what you've studied and what you want to have it be similar or different to and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and again, that's an answer no one can really give you because it's mm-hmm. what you... What should I learn next? Like, not should we... I think also you? something that I would suggest now is that even if you decide something is the next language you're going to learn, you don't need to stick with it. Something that Mm-mm. Matt and I both recently enjoyed is taking like a trial pre- period with a language. Trial periods. Where you like say like, I'm going to test run like Japanese yeah. tonight. And basically you're considering learning Japanese. So you sit down and I do that. that and, Italian. Then, and then maybe the next day you're like, I'm going to try out Italian. And then I, after those two days you can pick like, did I enjoy sitting down and learning Japanese more or did I enjoy sitting down and learning Italian more? And mm-hmm. then that kind of helps you. So I think that's definitely something to consider too. You don't that's have to make the decision idea. once and then stick with it. You can kind of try both of them out and then mm-hmm. pick what's interesting you more at the moment, even if you think both are interesting you the same amount. Yeah. No, that is awesome. I think I think that's about it. I think it is too. All right. Well, this was a nice conversation. Thank you very much for having me on this podcast again. Thank you. I feel like I'm always just, like, interviewing you. <laughs> I know. I try to turn it around on you, but it does become an interview every now and then. I think you prepare more questions than I prepare more notes. I think I prepare notes, but then I try so that I'm not just talking. I just try and ask them as questions, but then it... Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about your preparation of notes for this podcast? Um, I guess if you guys have language learning tips or language 
choosing tips yeah Um, let us know what your method is for choosing a language yeah and if you want to support our podcast thanks uh help us get more wonderful equipment like this oh no i just knocked over my phone uh you can head to the bit.ly link in the description it will take you over to our patreon page where you can donate as little as a dollar a month for all of the content to help support all of the content that we put out over a weekly basis which is over three videos a week if you include live streams um, and so if you mold, times that by like what, how many weeks in a month? We talked about this before. Is it like four? <laughs> four or five. All right. Not three. So that's like 12 to 15 videos a month. And then if you add um, live streams in there and other videos that we upload, you're getting a bunch of content, which you can help support us by uh, just donating like a dollar a month or anything you want to do over there. We have some awards that we have. Uh, set up over there in the nice little CEFR scale. We are very proud of it. Um, so go over there, check out that page, and if you can donate, that'd be very helpful. So thank you very much. All right. All right. And remember that practice, practice makes, makes progress. progress. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.